Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey, what's good? It's your boy, Big Brother Jake, and welcome to another episode of the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. And we got a good one for you. First up, episode 1338, titled Drew's Secret Family, that aired on October 21st, 2020. The battle on settling where to eat with your spouse is an argument that's lifelong. We all know how that goes. And Dr. Drew talks about his secret family. Check it out. I was talking to Lynette the other night, and I was like, yeah, back in the day, we'd go out to this restaurant, we'd go out to that restaurant, and she'd go, yeah, we, we never went to the restaurants I wanted to go to. <laughs> and I said, but I, I would ask you every time, like, what do you in the mood for? Where do you want to go? Or how do you want to do this? And she was like, yeah, we never went to the place I want to go. And I'd go, well, not, I get it. I want to go where I want to go. But... And then she cited a time we went to this like trendy place in Hollywood and it was kind of crowded and they sat us right next to another table. Sure. I could kind of hear you. T- you yeah. Know. And I said, I don't want to sit, you know, and I was a douche and we left, <laughs> which definitely happened. Yeah. But it is down on the record book of we never ate where I wanted to eat. Yeah. Which is, and it's like, first off, that's impossible. Secondly, I said, I've said 200,000 times. You want to go, do you want to do Indian takeout tonight or you want to do Japanese? I mean, how else could you work it? You couldn't have that in a relationship. The person didn't like Indian or didn't want to eat curry or you wouldn't do it. Yeah, it wouldn't, sure. Here we go. We're going. It wouldn't work. It'd be, eat it. All you do is <laughs> eat that curry. All you do is argue at the table. Right. And then it sort of goes, oh, well, there's places you wanted to go to. I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. There's the Italian place and then there's the Mexican place. And I like going to those places. And I would ask you which one you want to go to. But that is true. But how does it go? How does it get logged that way? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And everyone does it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm really realizing, though, it's such a feminine thing. I mean, if, if you have, you know it from your wife, you probably know it from your sister. I know from my wife. I know from my sister. I'll talk to my sister about stuff. It's like, well, then you said this, and then you did that. And it's like, I have to recreate exchanges and meetings and instances with her. And it's also, also, it's, it's all feelings based, mm-hmm. you know? Like I, he said, oh, he crossed his arm, said, get out of here. And I was like, why? He wouldn't say that. Why would he say that? The guy works for me. He wouldn't tell you to do that. Like, yeah. you know, that's not, maybe it's how you felt yeah. or, or whatever it is. But by the way, how are you supposed to ever overcome that? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if those exchanges are going down in the, in the logbook of, well, we never did this because you always said you wanted to, it's like, how is that? What I always found is most disturbing about those exchanges when I'm accused of something like that, it's usually the result of me being insecure or uncomfortable and feeling negatively about myself that I'm somewhat awkward in the exchange. And that goes down on – goes down as you were arrogant and condescending. Right. <laughs> so people superimpose their shit on you 
all the time because of how they felt. Right. Rather than taking into effect what you're actually feeling. Right. It's crazy. Uh, all right, I'll take. Uh, I want to get that one last call off sure, of there. Sure. Let's see, someone's got a video game. Brian, thirty-eight, hey, Minneapolis. Drew. Hey, yeah, Drew Ace. How Hi are you guy. doing? Hi, right. guy. Hi, guy. Hi, guy. Hi, guy. <laughs> What's Ace, up? Um, point, point, and a question for you. Mm. I know you said in the past uh, multiple times you can't get into the video games. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I can't get into video games. Well, I have one that might change your mind and switch your gears. Pardon the pun. All right. There's a game. I don't know if Sony works with the PlayStation or the Xbox, whatever it is. Um, what I'm about to describe to you is based on the PS4, the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's called Car Mechanic Simulator, and I think it might be something you could get into. All right. It's um, it's a game. Basically, I won't read you the whole synopsis. There's a big ass synopsis that I could read for you right now, but basically, it has real cars. You get under the hood, you solve problems, you go drive the cars. All right. You, I, you create I, I, your I'm, own mechanic. Would this, would this, would this, though, Adam? Here's the really interesting question: Would this solve the need to do things that you've been complaining men don't do enough of? I don't know. I a hundred feet from here, I got a shop. I got two cars up on Ooh, jack stands, and we're like swapping the transmissions in them. So there's no simulation. It's it's going on a hundred feet from where I am, but it's cool, and I appreciate it. And people should do it. And I'd rather my son do this than play Fortnite. Yeah. All right. We uh, we have your story, Drew. Yeah. Your secret family. Yeah. We got some uh, WHO stuff. Secret family, Drew. Do you want to do that or do you want to do the WHO thing? All right. Let's see. Whatever you want. All right. Secret family. I'll start the secret family story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one night, uh, low, maybe 15 years ago, something like that, uh, you and I were on Loveline, and Mark Young was here, the guy I wrote the uh, Mirror Effect book with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, USC professor. USC business school professor, and he's a, essentially a professor of business behavior, human behavior in business. And uh, he and I... Had met. He's a neighbor, and he had met. We'd met out in the street, and we were talking about celebrities, and that's how we ended up. You know, I kept saying, "We have lots of trauma and narcissism," and we started bringing in our narcissistic inventory. But before he uh, started doing the testing that drove Adam crazy for many years, uh, we were. He was just sort of hanging out, and uh, in the early stage of our his relationship with us and with me. He goes to me, he says, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of film noir. And I, I think, and I said, my mom used to be in those films. Uh, she was in these films like The Big Easy, I think it was called. These, You know what film noir is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these sort of, sort of detective films in black and white. And so while we were on the air one night, he goes ahead and looks my mom up. And he goes, oh, here's, there's a website, here's a whole thing dedicated, a biography dedicated to her. Yeah, Lee Stansbury, uh, married at 18 to some dude, some William Mister, that was a silent film Western star, um, mm. brought her out here, married. Uh, and I was like, well, that's interesting. Never heard that. Never heard, never had no idea. Zero idea. Is this 20 years ago? Th- that Mark said this to me? Yeah. I think it was about 15 years ago. Okay. Like that. Uh, and, uh, and I was like, I had a, a typical reaction. I go, I, I remember, I think I raised this with you at the time. I, I said, some, some of you, the guy's a silent film star, wife number five. Does somebody owe me some money? Is there, <laughs> is there, is there, is this guy, is this, there's something in here that I, I, wife number five? Wife number five at the age of 18. Your mom was 18. Eight, mom was 18. 
He was wife. This was wife number five for him. Wow. So let's sort of think about think about that being a love line call. Mm, He's fifty five. Right. She's eighteen. Wife five uh, comes to Los Angeles. Um, all I heard was was regaled. This is a, this is a long story. You tell me if I'm going off the rail at all with this. Uh, she used to regale me with story, you know, us, the whole family of stories about who she hung out with, and she had this. She was on TV. She was a TV. She was an opera singer, but she fashioned her. She fashioned herself an opera singer, but she had come out here, and suddenly she was kind of singing for big bands that toured, and then she was singing a lot of TV, and then some film. Is there a website we can go to? Just look up Helene Gary Helene Stansbury Stanton Helene Stanton was her. They changed her name to that. And um, she'd always talk about Carolyn Jones, who we saw on Love Boat. She was Morticia. Mm. Yeah, there's Helene Stanton. Wow. Uh, and uh, and we that's talk, your mom. Yeah, and we yeah. talk about Anne Bancroft, and she roomed. She looks with, like Paulina a lot. A little bit, a little bit there. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it's 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 funny because uh, oh look at the go, go to the one uh, down below that one. Just I'll below. let you keep oh, rolling no. ahead, no, no, but no. that one. The, uh, that. Okay, go ahead. I'll I'll let you I'll let you roll along, but she's uh, quite a siren. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my grandmother had those same sort of aspirations of you know, being on stage and dance and stuff, and I sort of get the through line of the. It's difficult to be a mom and want to be on stage at the same time because it's kind of the opposite part of your brain. Right. You know what I mean? Like a mom is like, I'm going to give up all my shit, dedicate myself to this. Right. It's the ultimate behind the scenes kind of job. It's a mom, yeah. you know, except on stage. When that's you, a different mom. When you harbor resentments for having done that, you probably take all that out on your kid. Yeah. So I got that. Uh, and um, well, my mom just gave her kid away. Yeah. I mean, my grandma, grandma my yeah. grandma was just like, hey, I want to go out and dance at the Hollywood Bowl, but I can't with a two year old. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him away. I was busy. What are you going to do? <laughs> so she wanted to go live that life, too. Well, the, for me, the Stockton connection was so here. Here's what you need. Here it says everything about my mom. She had a stepson for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And one day just cut him off. Gone. The stepson was the. Child of the of guy. one of the four wives before her, yes, right, right, and they were married for ten years, roughly, yeah, and and in Stockton, no, he ended up in Stockton oh, okay. practicing dentistry. I, and, I spoke to the guy, and and just never. If you remember, his daughter approached me at a gig you and I were doing in Santa Barbara. When was that? Uh, when we were doing those tours, okay. like eight years ago. So, so. The stepson, when do you think she knew him? From what age to what age for, for eight, the kid? Eight to 18, something like eight that. Eight to 18. And just, yeah. And once uh, she was done with that life, that was, Goodbye. that was that. Boom, cut him off. Right. It, it, it might, she reminds me of Don Draper. It just didn't happen. Remember Don Draper yeah, talking to Peggy? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to defend your mom too much, but if your mom was so young, like 18, when that kid sort of came into her life, it's it's got to be a weird relationship. Yep. Having an eight and an eighteen year old, like I, I don't know if she ever felt like he was her son or stepson or mom yep. or yep. she probably. Now look, a, a a nurturing woman, 
you know, like Lynette's a nurturing woman. Lynette would have had a relationship with that kid. Your mom wasn't that. So, mm-hmm. so it's part your mom, but it's also a circumstantial thing. Yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of a weird, weird one. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll okay. And, and he didn't harbor much resentment when I spoke to him, which was interesting. Right. Right. He said it was like having another kid in the house. Right. Right. 18-year-old. Right. Fucking weird, right? So they're married for 10 years. Uh, so here's a little comedy. So I'm talking to the dentist from Stockton. So all this – I'm telling you the story because of Stockton. And uh, so she was constantly repeating stories. I mean, you, you, she repeated them to you. Remember, you used to complain about it. Right? Any sentence that starts with, I used to complain about, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'll buy it. Yeah. You could fill in. Remember when conch you shells you, at the end of that? I just go. I guess I must have complained about conch shells for a while. It was a period. I, I, I would complain about everything. So this is the comedy. So he goes, "Yeah, my dad was an asshole. He drank a lot. Blah blah blah. Finally, she'd had it, whatever." Uh, and uh, he goes, "You know, they live down by the little bit of tar pits, sort of in that mm-hmm. area. And uh, every Sunday night, a couple came over. Every Sunday night, and they partied." Every Sunday, mm-hmm. and the, the man was a artist uh, that, excuse me, a, a character actor. You, you recognize him; he's he definitely a famous movie actor. But the wife, I don't know. You may know her. I don't know. She she would come. Uh, you know, she well, she died on stage uh, years later, uh, and you may know her. She played Granny in the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm like, what? Wow. Granny in the Beverly Hillbillies? Wow. I watched that my entire childhood. Never did she go, well, that woman I knew. Ever. Did Isn't you, that something? Hey, did, hey, just because when you grew up in Pasadena, did, you get, did your house have a cement pond? <laughs> no, we had no cement. Swimming pool. No, we actually had a cement pond. Oh, you had a cement pond, <laughs> yeah, we but it wasn't. A, but it wasn't, but it wasn't the granny swimming pool. No, it wasn't. Welcome back to the Adam and Doctor Drew Show Classics. Uh, up next here, episode eleven ninety, titled "The Poop Bucket." <laughs> yes, the poop bucket that aired on November eighteenth, twenty nineteen. The fellas are fed up with how the youth just don't get it. They talk about their generation versus the new generation. Get off my lawn. Listen up. <laughs> I'll tell you what I've been thinking about a lot lately because I've been out doing no safe spaces and everyone's asking me the same questions like, how do we get here? What's going on? What's going on on these college campuses? And something you and I speak about a lot, the self-esteem movement. Mm. And I was like, I think we're here because of the self-esteem movement. I had a weird insight, though. Let me modify that if you don't mind. Go ahead. And that is I somebody else, uh, Bob Forrest. Bob mm-hmm. Forrest, you know, the guy with the glasses and the hat that I do something mm-hmm. we have with and sometimes do the podcast with you live. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has given up on treating uh, younger drug addicts, mm. meaning teen, 20s, early 30s. Uh-huh. Why? Why, you ask? Because they don't perceive hierarchies. Mm. And therefore, he as a clinician or his life experience or the physicians he works with have no impact. They're not, they don't register with these young people, especially when they're addicts. And I thought to myself, and this is the part – we, we, you and I have talked about this before. But there's a part that, that I suddenly occurred to me. I remember when my kids were young 
like sort of third grade to fifth grade age going, yeah, these kids this age, this group, they go to adults as though they're a resource. They go to them for questions and they go right up to them and they have no problem asking them questions and asking them for help. And I thought this is such a positive thing. No, no. I don't think they even perceived them as adults. Yes. You know what I mean? They were just mm-hmm. sort of objects for their utility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no like – the reason they could go so easily up to us is we didn't – we were sort of probably youth preoccupied ourselves, right? We weren't being adults the way we should, which is really a problem on college campuses. They're mm-hmm. not being adults, the, mm-hmm. the administrators. Mm-hmm. We probably had a bit of that in our parenting style. And so, yeah, there was nothing there to respect. They just came to us as just another object in their environment for their benefit. Well, I think we can also blame Madison Avenue, and I do want to thank our sponsors, Manscaped.com and LifeLock.com and Pluto.tv. When Madison Avenue started going after the coveted you know, 18 to 24 time slot or demo, we all started realizing we wanted to be 18 to 24 too and telling people what to do and being an authoritative figure isn't really being young. It's being old. You know, it, it was a tacit agreement between the young people didn't want authority and we didn't want to act old yeah. and provide authority. Yeah. So there was now I'm realizing when I tell people, hey, clean your office. <laughs> I'm just an old guy standing in a threshold of a doorway saying, clean your office. There's remember, no reason to do it. Old guy, when we were young, at least meant, hey, man, respect your elder. Now it's a big knockdown. Yeah. Now yeah. it's you're, you're well, like it, irrelevant. It means it means irrelevant. <laughs> it means maybe I'll clean my office, but I probably won't. And it's not going to be based on whatever you say. Right. Um, when I, you know, told my 19 year old nephew, hey, clean out the front of the shop the flower bed i got a heavy hitter coming in tomorrow it's like he never did it and when i talked to him it's like yeah i spaced out like and, and the thing that i'll tell you the thing that's interesting about all this stuff Ugh. when i would say clean your office and they wouldn't clean the office and then i would tell them again to clean the office it's not like they cleaned it the second time they just would never do it yeah. and when i told my nephew hey never cleaned out the front of the flower bed in front of the shop he goes yeah i had a brain fart it's not like he walked past me and grabbed a rake and a and a broom and then went and did it. He just walked past me and said, I had a brain fart. Yeah, I spaced out. And then I had to stop him and go like an hour later. I was like, you, you know, you still have to go out and do that, right? And he's like, what? Whoa. Like, like, like this, this is where it's, this is where it's now crossed into, you know, those, well, it's, you like know they, what, it's like, you don't even, like, you're not even there. <laughs> it's like you're so irrelevant. You're like, in all those yeah. movies when the world's going to end because of climate change. Yeah. And they go like, Dr. Monroe, but your predictions were over 300 years. And he goes, I was way off. It's, it's Wednesday. We have 48 hours. Like it's that, that yeah. moment. Like yeah. when you realize, Oh, they're never going to do this or they're not going to do it. Or just because they whiffed it the first time doesn't mean off. they're doing it yeah. the second time. I was way off. But isn't, is it not the case that what's absent is fear? Yes, because one hundred percent. Yeah, because when you and I were kids, it's an old man Johnson said, "Hey, man, you didn't rake my yard." He's like, "You'd be like, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the I'll absence of fear, and then in its vacuum, super high self self esteem. Because I was thinking to myself, what could get a bunch of people on campus, a bunch of nineteen year olds, to go? That person is not allowed to come to this campus while I'm here and share ideas. It's just a, just a. Uh, it's super high self-esteem. 
because you're giving me a look and the look you're giving is, is you didn't know that was an option of things you could do when you were 19. Never. You didn't know you could sit in an office when you were 19, have somebody tell you to clean the office who owned the building and you're, uh, you had an option. That box was never going to do it. Like, did you know that was an option no, when you were 19? I did not know. But by the way, I I still don't know. while you were telling me to do whatever it is you were telling me to do it, I would start doing it before you got to the end of what it, whatever you wanted me to do. I, I would imagine so. Like if you Why said, does that not happen? I want you to go out to my pickup truck and go to the bed of the truck. You'd be talking to my back because I'd be walking out yeah. to your pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there'd be the, I'm not going to look up from my computer screen as an option. So I, you wouldn't have known. As a 19-year-old at Amherst, if so-and-so was coming to speak, then so-and-so was coming to speak because that's what people do. wanted to see them or not wanted to see them. Either go or not go. You would have never entertained the notion of stopping them from speaking, right? Not an option. Not an option. Not not on the list. It wouldn't even been something you had to prevent yourself from doing because it wasn't an option. It, It was not a thought that could possibly have occurred to me. Right, but nor was it an option to, you know, go up and crap on the stage when he was. You know what I mean? It's like just that. It's just not even. It, like, it, well, well, first things first. It had nothing to do with you. Right. It was none of your fucking business. Right. right. The, either the person you treated it like a band. It was either band you wanted to see, Scotty Snotty and the Hankies. How'd you know? Or it was a band you didn't want to see. Who performed at my at my prom? I know. Was my point is this. That's how you treat it. It's like, oh, I'd like to go see this or or I'm not. And I and it has nothing to do with me. Think about now. I always say my latest you know, five years, all roads lead to narcissism. That's everything. Yeah. Everything we try to explain any everything. Like, why would this happen? Or why mm-hmm. would they do that? Why would this? It all just goes to narcissism. It's like, yeah. it's like a, narcissism is the hub and yeah. the spokes just go out. But the self-esteem movement, which we thought was going to be fantastic for yeah. everybody it turns out it's okay if you're alone on a bus. Yeah. But when you're sharing a college campus, it's not a good thing. No. Because you shouldn't even have thoughts about preventing people from speaking. And that is a high self-esteem. By the way, you don't own the college or the campus. You're just kind of renting it for four years and hanging out. I, I didn't even have that level of sense of my belonging there. I was sort of like, like a... A servant. I was like like a serf. Yeah. 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 I never I I my feeling I never went to college. I told you but I, I told you they were going for I know this. I know it. The the still there was a nineteenth century sort of leftover something there, and they were going for monastery meets prison. That right. that's what they were going for. And delivered, by the way. <laughs> delivered both quite nicely. Yeah, and I, I was just on a construction site, and if anyone told me get in a hole or get on the roof or go to my truck, I told that a foreman who told me to go to his truck, and I started going to his truck, and he just went, run. Yeah. I just started running Yeah, because that's what he told me to do because yeah. he was the foreman. Yeah. And then I was the guy. I was the laborer. Yeah. So that's, that was our hierarchy back then. But maybe I could learn something from him, and maybe I could get paid more money. Right. Or I could tell him to talk to the hand, old man. Well, if you don't perceive hierarchies, why would you think you could have anything to gain from him? 
there's nothing to gain from a non somebody you don't understand he's moved up a hierarchy for any reason because there's no hierarchy we'll be right back with more of the adam and dr drew show classics Welcome back to the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. Again, I'm your host, Big Brother Jake. And finally here on the show, one of my favorites, Theo Vaughn. He returns. That's episode 461. That aired on November 20th, 2016. Theo talks about his dad being 70, 70 when he was born. And Adam laments on how worthless his father was. Check it out. Theo Vaughn. Is our guest. Speaking of boys being back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have a bio for him, but I'd give him a plug if I did. I don't uh, know where it is. Adult male. Sorry, someone must have thrown yep. it away. I'll be right in That's with you. That's what they do. That's why you got to check. Adult Theo male, Vaughn, everybody. normal, spontaneous vaginal delivery. Mm-hmm. Adult male. Can you guess if I was breach or not, Drew? Uh, I'd guess breach. Just you checking would? how your whole life has gone. Wow, dude. Am I right? I don't know. I take kind of offense to it, I feel like. <laughs> I was probably natural born. My mother's tough. She's Midwestern. Well, you can be natural born breach. His dad is 70, or was 70, sorry, when he was born. Yeah. We used to play on his walker in the yard. I remember when I was really little, we used to climb on his walker. Wow. How old were you when he he's still around? No, he'd be 107, yeah. actually, yeah. this month. So, But, he, he, yeah, he was 86. He died when he was 86, and he was older. So you were 16-ish. Yeah. Do mm. you, did you – I always wondered, you know, men that – you, you had siblings by other – Moms, no, three siblings, same same dad. mom. Were, were, did he distribute them across many many years or all no, later? Four years, and so he married Eight your mom years. much Eight later years. in life. Yeah. yeah, and was she older too or no? She was thirty two when I was okay. born. Okay, so I always wonder about these guys that choose to have kids with somebody in their seventies and beyond. That, to me, that seems hold on. These guys who choose to have kids in their seventies. Yeah. I mean, these girls. Beyond. No, the the men. The men. The men. The Who women. choose to have kids with somebody with their I'm, 70s and beyond. You I mean, no, the men. You're, I'm about you're, to talk about the men. You're wording it a weird way. Right. Yeah. Sorry. The, the, the guys who have the, kids in their 70s. Yes. Yes. The guys who do that. They, but the they, women are doing it. The women are doing it, but yeah, the women are, women are responding to a biological drive, and I'd have other Semen. issues. Yeah, right. But <laughs> the men seem to me like it's such like the ultimate narcissism. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to be around when you finish high school. I know it, except in my head I am, because I'm never going to die. Right. And... and uh, how how did you, were you do you have feelings about that now? Or? That was exactly. I mean, you really kind of just summed up the bill of goods that I was kind of sold, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just kind of dealing with some of that emotionally in my life now. At this point, I'm just yeah. kind of realizing that I'd always put my dad on like this weird pedestal, but then now I'm realizing that he wasn't really a dad. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was just like the romanticizing it, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So coming to terms with that, I mean, I'm against it. I would vote no on yeah. senior penis. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> one of the greatest drug lords to ever work. The, Senor the Mexican. So that's what he said, right? The Mexican. You want to talk about it instilling heart, fear into the heart of uh, the hearts of um, many? Yeah. yeah, many, many, many along the border. Yeah, especially. many along the border. Senior. Yeah, I don't want to tell you what was in that duffel bag, but it wasn't heads. Well. Hey, uh, speaking oh, of this is the work of Senor Penis <laughs> <laughs> strikes again. Uh, remind a hey, Nick. Uh, Tell Matt to come in and remind me. I gotta call. I gotta call my dad. Oh, nice. <laughs> he called. My dad's funny. My my dad is a funny guy. You know, it's an interesting thing. Hmm. Uh, pride, where there should be a vacuum of pride, but pride. Hmm. You know, it's like a yes. lot of people. Yes. Like you see that. You know, it's just like 
the, the mama because, because w- wants to she went to jail for uh, uh putting her kid in a coma with a flip-flop and she's like i gotta love my kids i love my kids you yeah. know don't you tell me it's like okay what's all, where's all the pride coming like what's a <laughs> rush of pride my dad's funny because my dad has a lot of pride is, is it pride or righteous indignation Ooh, that's a good question I, it's funny. I, we we call it pride, but because there's <laughs> zero accomplishments connected to it, it's not pride. It's it's yeah. it's a little it's a little anger, indignation sometimes mixed with uh, it's me. Yeah, yeah. Don't and, say indignation, yeah. dude. You can say sanding indignation, but don't say indignation. Okay, man. it's he, a racial slur, isn't it? He doesn't. Just he's, yeah, I think it means you're half black <laughs> or one quarter black. Yeah. So um, the thing that's funny about my dad. Oh yeah, I do need Matt because I, I got to tell. I uh, just tell him, remind me to call. Tell him I, to call. I want to hear this conversation. <laughs> tell him to check yeah, my schedule. Tell him to come in here. My, check my schedule and tell him to see if it's open for uh. Friday. But my dad has no nothing to offer. Yeah. Obviously, no one in my family has anything. They're they're the tar- least target rich environment in the world. Dad can play trumpet. Oh, he wow. can play a little flugelhorn. Yeah. No, there's no reason to go hang out with my dad or my mom. Right. Right. So what I'll do is I'll just go four months without calling my dad, and then I can tell he's got this pride, mm. but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go a year without. He, he wants to essentially call me and then pretend like I called him, and then kind of get pissed of why I didn't. He'll call me and, and get mad uh, that I didn't call him and go to lunch. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird yeah. thing. Yeah. But I kind of enjoy it, oh. so I don't really care. <laughs> but I can tell he's kind of pissed about it, and he doesn't. Because my whole thing is, uh, I've had this conversation with my wife before, which is like where she went, like she stopped doing it, but she used to go, like we never do anything, we never go anywhere, and I just went, you got to give me one example where you said, let's go to dinner this weekend with Drew, or let's go ourselves, yeah. or let's go to a movie and dinner, or let's take the kids and go on vacation this Christmas, and I went, no, nah. you got to give me one because football uh, game, the answer, football game. I've asked you a million times. Wow. Oh, you! I'm not going to fuck that. First uh, off, they don't serve beer. Where at? We sort of do it at my house. It's a block blocks away. Wow. At your house? We'll, we'll serve you up at my house. Oh, okay. And we'll load you up, dose you up properly. Okay. And say, <laughs> Matt, like put dose. that on the schedule. <laughs> dose him up. Pistol Pete him. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's, it's you know, UCLA is playing. Um, USC. Okay. Well, that's that's something else. Half half, half the time they're playing like Irvine State or yeah. something. They're 53-point favorite. Yeah, and the Ant Raptors like, or something. Yeah. UCLA is next weekend. Mm-hmm. All right. So we can after Thanksgiving. All right. Well, hey. what is that, Drew? What is what? his problem that he has? Figure me out for Friday and call my dad or something. Or tell I'm me to call. call. Yeah. Yeah, you can call. Just sure. tell him you're you. He knows me. I call uh, Uber for him. <laughs> well, uh, Friday it's is... It's pronounced Goober. Friday open? No, you've got I... chassis press. Sorry, go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're relatively open. Relatively. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you find the time. I'll Afternoon-ish. Have, I'll, yeah. All right. I'll, uh, take my dad to lunch. Gary, but check out it. the date of that game. I think it's this weekend. All right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, your dad, 70. Yeah, 70. Uh, not fair to you. Yeah. But there's a right. weird thing I'm that very, young I'm males sorry. do. It's You're very weekend. right. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was giving so, bad information. Good. I'll be in Reno. Good. Boom. Oh, nice no. move. You baited him and then bailed on well, it. Right. You asked for one, one, <laughs> one example. Right. And by the way, it's funny you would bring it up because I was just getting my balls busted for this too. Just mm. this morning. Mm, this morning. Tell me about wow. it. I mean, we never go anywhere. We never take vacations. Like, 
we, we go to New York all the time, and we just got back from fucking Bali. And wow. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. But well, you, don't, you dare not bring this all up in the heat of battle because then you're just an asshole. Yeah. Gary, right on the screen, when does this air? I'm, the, I'm Now I'm starting to float I, I know, I a, a little up. bit I, with I, your weekends I, I, and my weekends and, I screwed and, this up a little bit. and everything else. But um, it is a weird – there's a weird thing. I um, I think chicks are allowed to feel a certain way. These and, days, yeah. And <laughs> that's just the way they feel. And I, I've had this argument, Drew, yeah. with – my wife and or my daughter, where my daughter's like yelling at me, you can't tell me I can't feel this way. And I was like, yes, I can. You, you can't just, if you feel, if you've, like, I mean, meaning your wife can feel like, oh, me and Drew never do anything. But right. you just got back from Bali and you go to New York every other weekend. So she goes, but I have the right to my feelings. And it's like, uh-uh. well... That's a very slippery slope because you can feel like the neighbor kid molested your kid, but there's no evidence. But I feel that way, and I know in my heart, so lock him up. Like, there's this weird thing that we're doing way, way too much of as a society, which is if you feel this way, then those are your feelings, and nobody can deny you those feelings. Your feelings can be valid and still unfounded. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I do know what you're saying, but they're, they're, um, when they're unfounded, they're then null they're, they're and not, void. They're, they're, they're not null and void. They're real. You should pay attention to them, but they have no foundation in reality. So yeah, let's feel, move on. It's a new – okay, I get You don't yeah. get in trouble. But I'm yeah. saying there's this new world order, and it's a very slippery slope, which is everyone's entitled to their feelings. And they go, okay. And then you feel like I'm frightened. Donald Trump's getting into the White House and I'm scared because now there's a target on my back. And we all have to acknowledge those feelings. And my feeling toward that, and I don't think you're helping whether you're a child or chronologically an adult, but have the mentality of a child. I don't think we're doing those people a service by embracing that Mm -mm. because i think what you're doing is you're creating fear and chaos and more feelings that we really need i think it's 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 somebody here here's here's the deal uh you need the pilot to fly the plane and when you hit some turbulence you need a guy with a steady voice to get on the blower and go we hit a little rough patch air buckle up should be okay uh, we've had, you know, we, this has been reported. It's going to be a little bumpy going in, but it should be fine. We don't need a guy to grab the mic and yell, oh, my God, oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. assume the crash position because you're going to freak everyone on the plane out. Yeah. Agreed. We know we're going to land statistically. It's going to be safe. We need that voice. And the person in the back of the plane who's screaming we're all going to die is not entitled to their feelings. Mm-mm. That's what I'm saying, Drew. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. Remember to check back each week for new episodes. And while you're at it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us five stars wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Big Brother Jake, and thanks for tuning in. Deuces!